and welcome to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, June 16th, 2020. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and in some cases start conversations. We're shooting for a different kind of enlightenment here. We're, we kind of break the rules here for Native Radio. We don't do prayers, we don't do Buffalo speeches, and we don't do spirituality shows. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. We may step on a few toes along the way, but our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narratives, and we will provide critical thinking to all that's heaped upon us, and we do it all right here live from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk Native. But first, let me remind folks that we do uh, stream the show uh, via Facebook Live on our Facebook group pages and across a whole bunch of other Facebook group pages as well. We take the audio of the show and we put it up on SoundCloud after the show, which goes out as a podcast to all your favorite podcast platforms. We take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, and I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you can catch not only videos of the show, which is actually the best way to view the show. You know, Facebook Live is great, and it's nice to stream it live, but uh, yeah, we get to clean it up a little bit if we need to for our YouTube videos, so it's the best viewing uh, of the program. Plus, we have short-form videos, and uh, a couple of those short-form videos are becoming really, real relevant as of late, my Columbus video that, that Jake and I worked on that talks about Columbus in his own words. Um, there's been a lot of buzz about the mascot issue, so there's you know we, we have uh, that video up there as well. Um, and those are the short form videos, uh, you know, seven to ten minutes long. So you can catch the, the, the one hour shows, or you can catch the short form videos, and you can see all of that on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. Look. And you can go to our website, which is www.letstalknative.com. Again, letstalknative.com. And there you'll find links to the podcast, links to, uh, to our YouTube videos, all of that stuff, um, information about the show. So, uh, again, have at it. And, uh, and by all means, share what you see, share what you hear, and have the conversations that we start here that can continue on uh, with you. So, all right. Um, I'm hearing a lot of voices, um, and some of these are voices that are fairly prominent and well-respected voices that are that are telling people to behave themselves. And these this includes black voices. I mean, prominent black voices. I mean, the, to to see Killer Mike, who is a real edgy rap rapper, um, you know, from the Atlanta hip hop scene, and has strong messages to ha- to see him in a press conference wearing a shirt and what did it say uh kill your s- kill your masters, kill your masters. He, he had a shirt that said kill your masters and then he tells people but don't burn stuff down you know don't don't destroy your own house target isn't black owned cnn isn't black owned nobody was burning their own house down but to hear killer mark killer mike i'm sorry just scold his people for, for or other black people. I don't want to call them his people anymore, but to scold black people or, or, or anybody from the so-called riots and tell them to behave themselves. Or or no, what he actually said is if you don't like who the district attorney is, then vote in a new one. That's just a name tag change. That's just That's just the name on the door. It doesn't change the system. But to tell people, oh no, the way to solve this problem is by voting? Are you kidding me? Eight years of Obama? 
and not a damn thing improved for uh, for the quality of life for black people? I'm not even talking about native people yet. I haven't even gotten there. But so my my message today is stop telling people to stop. Stop telling protesters to stop. If you don't, if you've made it, if you've had your success, I listen to two uh, two black women on NPR. You know, fairly repetitive talking heads on NPR. Black women from who uh, were financial planners or I don't know analysts or something like that and they're talking about well what keeps black people from investing and 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 of course they're talking about all these policy things but they're still talking about affluent black people not the the rank and file people who are who are never going to invest it doesn't matter what policy they change i know one thing i will never invest on wall street but to listen to these talking heads and then again condemn people for you know, for a little bit of uh, property destruction. And to be clear, property destruction is not violence. Violence is hurting people. It's inflicting pain, harm. And oftentimes violence, uh, the definition of violence includes um, inflicting harm that could lead, lead to death. Pulling down a Columbus statue is not violence. You know, frankly, um, even... There we go. Frankly, even uh, even smashing a CNN window. Look, if you if there's somebody standing behind the window and shards of glass hit their face, yes, that's violence. But if you just break a window, you know, or pull down, uh, you know, burn a garbage can or a dumpster, that's not violence. And you know what? If you burn down a Wendy's because. Uh, because you're mad as hell that the cops just shot a man in the back in the parking lot. Unless you burn the Wendy's employees inside of it, I don't care. Look, I know people aren't agreeing with this. <laughs> I know some people are saying, John Kane, how could you be promoting such uh, su- such bad activity, such such bad behavior? I'll tell you why. Because the good behavior hasn't gotten us any place. Peaceful protests are what everybody's been seeing on television for the last couple of weeks. And they've been seeing cops kick the crap out of them. There's been nothing but ass-kicking going on on a daily basis on every news cycle. My co-host in New York got knocked on her ass in New York. And she wasn't doing a damn thing. She was just standing there. So when, when I hear people say, oh, no, you, just, you, you've, you must remain peaceful. Well, for one thing, destruction of property is not violence. And at some point, it's got to cost them. I, I'm sorry. CNN, if your windows get busted in Atlanta because of, because of not just your coverage, but just because of injustice, you are part of the system. You are part of, that in, uh, of the system of injustice, along with your, your mayor and your, and your governor and your police chief, all of that stuff. And that goes for you, Bill de Blasio and, and Andrew Cuomo. Every one of you cities that have... That have sat back while your police departments kicked the crap out of people. I hold the police responsible, I hold the mayors responsible, and I hold the governors responsible. Don't even get me started on the moron in the White House. I don't even need to discuss that idiot. But when I hear people say, when I hear prominent black people say, well, the best way to end racism is to stop talking about it. Are you freaking kidding me? 
So we, we ignore the fact that a black man gets killed at a much higher rate than, than a white man by police? And of course, Native people get killed at a higher rate yet. So we don't want to talk about that? Why? Because it's uncomfortable? And, and the people who are saying it are the ones who have made it. The ones who are, are prominent. The ones who have white people liking them. The ones who are, you know, who are having success. Killer Mike. Of all people to be turning against your people, telling them to behave themselves? You, that's what made you popular as a rapper? Your, your kumbaya lyrics? Give me a freaking break. So when I hear these successful black professionals telling other black people and other people of color, other, people like myself, no, behave yourselves. That's, you're never going to solve the problem. Well, what did Martin Luther King get? He got shot in the head. Gandhi? You know, India is a failed state. It's a really, really big failed state. But don't, tell, don't start throwing Gandhi and King at me. Because, you know what? I think they were, what they tried to represent was great. But let's be honest. Did it work? Did it work? I mean, Malcolm X got the same, uh, had the same end result. He got killed too. I mean, King, to talk about peaceful protests, look, we've been marching. We've been making banners and signing petitions. And we, we do it all, and we still get our asses kicked. We're still getting shot in the street. You know, and, and don't get me started about what Native people should be doing. We represent a population that is, uh, that is less than seven-tenths of one percent of the U.S. population. So don't tell me to go out and vote. Don't tell me to, oh, make sure you participate in the census. I hear up in Aquasasne, oh, the tribal council is really pushing hard. Oh, you got to participate in the census. That's how we get our money. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. When I hear prominent so-called leaders in a community telling the people who are willing to put their bodies on the line by standing up for something not just not just being pepper sprayed you know and rubber bullets shot in the face yeah these people are, are risking their lives to stand up for something and you know what some of them are pissed enough to break stuff if you're putting a higher value on breaking crap than you are the people who are shot in the street then don't tell us that we have our priorities wrong. And, and look, I'm 60 years old. I'm not saying all the fight has gone out of me, but I know there comes a time that you hand the torch off. You have to give it to the younger people. And I'm not going to tell younger people, oh, you got to behave yourself. Don't do that. Do like we did. We didn't do enough. I'm not saying we didn't do anything. My generation and the folks that came before me, look, I think we affected change. But the, the, the first thing we had to change was ourselves. We had to change the mindset. We still hear people talk about decolonization. Well, what the freak is decolonization if you're not willing to strip away the systems of oppression? And unravel it from yourself, but also let's, let's destroy some of those systems of oppression. And you know what? The police departments are part of that system, those systems of oppression. And so when I, when I hear 
people say, oh, no, no, there are still good cops. Look, if, if there's a silent cop, then it's a bad cop. So don't tell me how wonderful the police departments are. I mean, don't even, don't even try that with me. And I'm not saying good people don't, don't have idealistic views of becoming police officers. They do. And then once they get there, they have to follow the, the thin blue line, right? The, the code, the silent code. You can't speak out against your brother. And in fact, when you do, and, and, and if you haven't listened to the, to the, um, the Dave Chappelle, um, uh, is it Netflix? It's on YouTube. You can find it. Dave, Dave Chappelle. He talks about 846 is, is, the, is the name of the, his most recent special. He talks about a cop who actually filed a complaint against another cop, a, a woman cop, who was kicking somebody in the face. And, is he, and he was fired. And ultimately, the, this cop's life is ruined. And he decides that he's going to get even. And he kills some cops. But he was a cop. The system failed him. In Buffalo here, there's a woman, and I can't think of her, her name off the top of my head, and I apologize for that. But there, there's a woman, and she's still fighting a case because she, she wrote up a complaint against police violence against, a, against somebody. And she was fired. And her life has been essentially ruined. And I'll tell you, some of this information that's coming out now, I hope it helps. I hope it helps her. But you know what? And I'm not saying that she should pick up a gun and go on a cop killing spree. But... When the system fails, it, it's like the, 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 the woman who, well, both Trevor Noah and, and the other woman who's, who's got this real popular video going out there, who says, the contract has been busted. The social contract is broken. You're not upholding your end of the deal. I mean, and then when I hear somebody say something like, do you ever notice people who aren't committing crimes, people who aren't doing anything illegal never have a problem with cops? And of course, it's white people who say this. Because the crimes that white people have committed are oftentimes not crimes for a very long time. If they ever, Slavery was legal. Genocide was legal. You know, killing and raping Native women and, um, or, or black women, that, that was okay. I mean, priests could, could molest little Native kids in this residential. That was, I mean, it may not have said on the books that it was legal, but if you don't prosecute, it's the same thing as being legal. There are so many things that white people have been able to do that for years and years that by the time they say it's 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 a crime now, I mean the scams associated with savings and loan back in the in the eighties, I mean the um, uh, these uh, toxic uh, um, mortgages and and all these other things that that rich people the Ponzi schemes, all these most of what these people did, there were no crimes against it. So what they were doing was was legal. And then when they pass a law and say, well, it's not legal now, they just find creative ways to get around it. So they find other ways to break the law. White people aren't held to the same standard, especially rich white people, when it comes to criminal activity. I mean, look at the disparity in being sentenced for crack cocaine versus the good stuff that white people toot. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious that there's disparity there. So... When I, when I hear people say some of these things, and, and then when it comes out of the mouths of, of native, so-called native leaders or, or black leaders or you know, celebrities, man, I tell you, it, shut the F up for crying out loud. We don't need to hear that. If you have yours, as they say, 
And you don't want to risk anything because you've made it. You've, you have your financial success. You have this success that is equal to white people's success. Then just shut the F up and let the people who are fighting for something fight. We don't need you telling people to stop. I'm not going to tell people to stop rioting. I'm not going to tell people to stop burning stuff. And like I said, I'm damn sure not going to tell people to stop pulling statues down. So a couple of nights ago, in Atlanta, where there's already been a whole bunch of attention to, you know, that's been called upon (laughs) police departments, the cops shoot a black man in the back. Now, don't get me wrong. The guy was passed out in the driver's seat of his car. And and by, by anybody's, you know, I, I, you know, interpretation of the scenario, you got to believe the guy was drunk. But he was very cooperative until they tried to cuff him, and then he pulled away and tried to get away. Um, and these two cops, two, two two cops, physically, you know, you know, grappled with him to try to uh, gain control of him. Um, they tried to pull their taser out on him. He ended up taking the taser away from one of them and then takes, uh, takes off running down the street. I mean, he literally kind of tosses the two, two white guys around, so clearly they were not very good at their job. Um, he r- starts running away from them and uh, takes a, you know, just a kind of a wild taser shot behind him and then turns to run. And as he's turned around running directly away from the officer, the officer shoots him in the back twice. Now, let's think about this. For one thing, there's no way this guy was, was, was threatening the life of this police officer. He was running away from him. And even if he was running towards him with a taser, a taser is not a lethal weapon, which he wasn't. And the video is clear. He was running away. And think about it. If he had ran away, they had his name, they had his car, they could, could have just issued a warrant for his arrest. And you know, when the guy was probably more sober, he probably would have just said, damn, I got to turn myself in. They had all the information on him. They didn't need to shoot him in the back. So if you're wondering why the people of Atlanta get pissed off, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of video of this. There's, there's you know, uh, the, the police video. There's, you know, there's surveillance video. I mean, it's so clear what took place. You know, and the first thing, of course, the um, the the officer's boss or whatever, lieutenant, or I don't know who it was, but he comes, he goes, starts assessing the situation. Oh, are you sure you're okay? To the cop who killed somebody. Oh, the taser didn't get you. He goes, oh, I don't think so. You don't know if you were tased or not? You, you can't give a straight answer on that? You clearly weren't. He says, okay, we're going to take care of this. We're going we're gonna to make sure this all this all goes okay for you. I mean, he says it right on camera. Jeez. Now, you know, they, they fired a few people. But you know what? You can fire these guys and they'll resurface someplace else. But you know who's not going to resurface? Richard Brooks. He's not coming back. And, and do all you white people say, well, he shouldn't have resisted arrest? Well, white people, you are not in. You could be Dylan Roof and go shoot nine people in a freaking church. And they're going to stop and buy you a cheeseburger on the way to the police station. They're going to put you in a bulletproof vest. And they're going to cuff you in front because, you know, getting cuffed behind your back can be uncomfortable for a white person. So don't tell 
anybody that they should not have resisted arrest. I mean, in this situation, I wish he didn't, but it it, it should it didn't deserve a death sentence. And there was no he was on foot. He had no weapon. By the time you know, he was running around, he didn't. Even, I mean, he didn't even have a, a taser that was worth a damn. So, so if he gets away, you get him later. And now you've got not just DWI charges. You've got resisting arrest. You've got you know fleeing a scene. You got you got all kinds of stuff that you can get him for. And you know what? When he was sober, he 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 probably would have said, "Plead it out." But instead, you shot the son of a gun in the back. And this was just a couple of nights ago. Like, there isn't a, a ongoing conversation about police violence. You know, I, I showed the video of, uh, of, uh, of a chief who was pulled over for uh, um, a, an expired registration, and the cops tackled him and beat his face in. And this is on the Canadian side, the RCMP. Look... This is happening everywhere. I'm, you know, I'm, you're seeing videos show up from all over the world. All over the freaking world. Why? Because police departments are this way. They've been constructed this way. Their whole purpose for existence was to protect the property of wealthy white people. Why wealthy white people? Because poor white people didn't have property. So when police... And, and among those, the, the property that the, these what would be these police departments that they were charged with protecting were slaves. So, I mean, there's, there's no way around this other than to say the problem is the police. Now, look, I know there's people who behave badly, but the police aren't the ones who, who, are, who are authorized to administer punishment. At best, they're to apprehend somebody. At best. They're never in a situation where they're supposed to be the executioners. And the the way the legal system is set up, all anybody... I mean, listening to, the, to again, the, the whole legal premise behind defending cops, they don't have to be right. If they think you have a gun, all you have to say, well, if he thought he had a gun, was he justified in shooting him? Well, sure, if he had one, but he didn't. And or if he thought they were a threat, I mean, the standard for for a police officer being able to use not just you know abusive force but deadly force is so low that there's no incentive for them not to kill people. Look, I, I know there's Let's Talk Native, and and a lot of what I'm talking about has to do with with this, this police violence against black people. But we're in the same boat. The reason I support Black Lives Matter is because they don't to white people. And you can see it all over Facebook, all over Twitter. You can see it over and over again. White people saying, well, if black people this, or if black people that, or I sure am tired of seeing black people on the news. Yeah. And they said, oh, I love the one that says, with all this black stuff on the news, it's turning me into a racist. No, you are already a racist. And the idea that black people are dominating the news cycle just pisses you off because you're a racist. And of course, then we get hit with, you know, how that racism doesn't just trickle down, but, but it, 
racism is founded in white supremacy. White people, and white supremacy is about being, thinking that everybody is inferior to you. So for, from a native standpoint, at, at a popula- population level that is equal to less than seven-tenths of 1% of the U.S. population, trust me, we experience racism at levels that, that even black people can't even imagine. I mean, we, we experience it in rural areas. Everywhere we go, we, we experience some. We, we've got people making a mockery of who we are with their, with their sports mascots. And of course, everybody's going to say, well, what's wrong with that? We tell you it's wrong. And you say, no, it's not wrong. You can't be offended by it. I mean, we get into this whole thing with the mascot issue where somebody's going to tell me whether, I, whether it's proper for me to be offended or not with somebody making a mockery of, of our existence. Somebody else is going to tell me whether their activity is hurtful to us or not. If I punch you in the face, I don't get to decide whether my punch hurts you or not. I may get to decide on how hard I punch you, but whether you feel the pain or not, that's not my choice. I don't get to determine whether I hurt you or not. You get to tell me whether I hurt you. Not just whether I hurt your feelings, did I hurt your face? So when I tell you that that being made a mockery of with sports mascots, whether it's the, the NFL team in Washington, D.C., or whether it's these high schools across the United States, you don't get to tell me that it's not true. So we experience all of this racism. And... And then, and then we get caught up in, in actually infighting against other people who we're sharing the same battle with. When I see other people of color, and, and I know some people get pissed off when I use that expression. When I say people of color, I don't know is, if there's a better, non-white people, I guess. White people have no color, so I don't know what, when I say non-white, I guess I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I guess. Anyway, so non-white people, when I see us going at each other, Instead of standing with each other, and I get it, we aren't all fighting for exactly the same things. Look, there's a reparations battle. There's, um, you know, there's immigration battles. There's um, sovereignty battles. We, we we do have other agendas that are that are not competing, but they are outside each other's scope, so to speak. But in terms of justice and fairness, and and rejection of violence. We're all on the same page there, folks. And it doesn't matter if we, you know, have some sort of Spanish, uh, you know, uh, assimilation issue going on or whether we're black or whether we're native. We're all in this together. And the problem is that we get caught up in that system. Look, black cops are guilty of, of, of police violence too. And so are... Hispanic cops. So I mean, the the one guy in uh, in Minneapolis. I don't know what he was. If he, uh, if he was Filipino. I don't know what he was, but uh, Asian of some sort, I guess. I mean, he, listening to people beg him to check the pulse of George Floyd, begging these officers to check his pulse. Look, he hasn't moved in minutes. It's it's been you know five minutes since he's moved. He's not breathing. You're killing him. You're killing him. And nope, not a single one of them. It, 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 not a black officer, not a white officer, not an Asian, none of them would do a goddamn thing. Because 
we can't even agree that this white supremacy ends up affecting our behavior. We end up piling on with white supremacy. Why? Because the system is built around it. The police department is racist. So you can, if you're black and you're part of that police department, you're supporting that racism. You're supporting that systemic racism, even though you're black, even though you're native. Oh yeah, we got tribal police that are every bit as abusive and they're every bit the assholes that, that, that any white cop could be. All right, we're at the bottom of the hour, so we'll take a break. I'll take a drink. <laughs> I'll get start getting riled up all, all over again in just a minute. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. We'll be right back. Thanks for coming back. I'm John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Hey, I'm wearing my I Can't Breathe shirt. But let's be clear. I can. But there's plenty of people who can't. And, you know, there are plenty of Native people who have been killed by police officers and abused by police officers. They've been strangled. They've been, you know, they're, they're, what do they call them? The Starlight Tours or whatever else where, they, where the, the, the cops would drop off a Native person in the frigid cold weather 50 miles away from, you know, from from any place any civilization i mean it's the abuse is amazing but i can't breathe to to hear george floyd say the exact same words that eric garner said is just incredible to me i mean that many years apart i mean it's just incredible to me and and, and again as i was saying earlier stop telling people to stop if you don't want to riot, then don't riot. If you want to stay home and sign petitions and, and write a check to your favorite charity because, because you're affluent and you're too good to get on the street, then do that. If you want to campaign for Joe Biden, then by all means have at it. But don't tell people to stop. You know, and for those of you who keep bringing up Gandhi and King, there is no, nothing to suggest that had King not been killed, that he wouldn't have gotten to the point where he said, you know, burn the bitch down. Riot is the language of the unheard. That's a Martin Luther King quote. So what the hell do you think he was recommending? You don't think he, he believed that black people were unheard? Look, and, and this is especially if you are successful. If you are black or native and you're living the American dream, don't tell people to, to shut up. Don't tell people to behave themselves. You played the game and you got to pass go. Lucky you. Good for you. Because you're the few that made it through. That doesn't give you the right to tell everybody else to shut up and be quiet and behave themselves. Because you're not the one being killed in the street. Because once you're recognized, oh, I'm, I'm, we're sorry, you know, Mr. Killer Mike. You're famous. We're not going to do anything to you. And, and I hate saying this because, frankly, I'm a Killer Mike fan. And from what I understand, his latest album that he just dropped is pretty damn good. I haven't heard it yet, so I don't know, but 
Man, I would have liked to have him, had him on the show. I don't want him on the show now. I don't need to listen to this crap. And nor should anybody else. All right, hey, um, uh, last Saturday after we finished the show, I was uh, you know loading the show up and doing what I usually do, busy work afterwards, and and I see that I had a message that uh, that they were doing a um, a a demo. <laughs> D-E-M-O is all I said at the uh, Columbus statue on uh, off of Niagara Street in Buffalo. Demo? I said, okay. I'll go. Well, it didn't mean demolition. It meant demonstration. <laughs> just, just so you know. I went anyway, whatever it was going to be. So I went. Um, you know, and I spoke to the, the, the folks that were there. And look, there were 20 or 30 people there. And I appreciate everybody who showed up. And, and of course, the message there was take this thing down. And no, not please take it down. And you know what? And, and this gets back to my to my statement at the beginning of the show. I'm okay to read in the paper that it's lying on the ground tomorrow morning. I don't need the city council to approve its removal. In fact, I don't expect it. I don't expect Bill de Blasio. <laughs> Vowels at the end of the name is a pretty good giveaway. Andrew Cuomo to suggest that Christopher Columbus statues or Columbus Circle should be changed in New York City. I don't expect the Columbus statue to be um, uh, legislated away in Syracuse or in Buffalo or any place else. I did see, though I will say, that um, they were putting a box around the Columbus statue in, at Marconi Park in, in, in South Philly. Which is kind of interesting because I don't know if they're boxing it up to protect. Look, it's it's marble. I mean, it's a stone statue. Somehow putting a wooden box around it, something that would burn, that doesn't sound like a really smart idea to me. I mean, if you think you're putting a box around it because people aren't going to throw stuff at the statue. And, and that's been the site of, you know, days of, of, of conflict. Ironically, um, where was the, uh, the shooting uh, over the, um, the, the protest over the the conquistador there um, in uh, California in new oh new mexico okay yeah so there was another statue <laughs> another spanish conquistador who i can't even remember the guy's name and it doesn't matter i don't need to know his name but he was a guy who perpetrated violent violence against uh, native people <laughs> and they had a statue of him and there were people who were threatening to tear, tear it down and some right wing white supremacist shot somebody there I don't think he killed him, but he, but he shot him. And it turns out the guy's like the somehow related to a sheriff or something like that. I don't know. It's just it just doesn't stop. And and I'll say it again: toppling a statue, breaking a window, burning a dumpster—that is not violence. Unless you knock the statue down on top of somebody, it's not injuring anybody. And and if. Seeing a racist statue knocked on the ground hurts your feelings. I could care less because that means you're a freaking racist. And here's the thing about Columbus. Just learn who he is. Learn the truth of Christopher Columbus. And then ask yourself, should there be statues of this son of a bitch up in every major city? Should there be, should the, 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 the nation's capital bear the, the, the word Columbia in its name? Should there be cities named after? Should the province... And I don't even know what the... What the hell does British Columbia even mean? <laughs> I mean, that's like an oxymoron, right? British and Columbia? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even get it. I mean, Columbus was... 
uh, he wasn't even Italian. He was Genoan. He sold for, um, or sailed, I'm sorry, for, for Spain. He had nothing to do with the UK. So why is our province named British Columbia? It, it, it doesn't even make sense. Well, and, and part of it is this, this whole idea that they named everything that was, uh, the, all the successor uh, um, of colonialism in the Western Hemisphere was, was <laughs> essentially properly attributed to, to Columbus's voyage. Even though we had nothing to do with colonizing Canada or North America at all, or any, frankly, had nothing to do with colonizing any part of the main continents of, uh, of the Western Hemisphere. But, you know, he, he did run into the islands. He did get lost thinking he was, you know, in, um, in, in the East Indies. But that's it. And, of course, he did personally play a role in, at the very beginning of a genocide that would last 500 years. But why would you build statues for that? And, and again, to listen to Andrew Cuomo make the arguments against Confederate monuments and then use the very argument to support Columbus statues that the Southern Pride guys try to use. Oh, no, it's not about the atrocities committed, you know, associated with slavery or genocide, depending on which one you're talking about. It's about Southern pride. It's about Italian pride. It's about Southern heritage. It's about Italian heritage. No, it's not. Confederate monuments aren't about Southern pride. It's not about chicken. It's about slavery. Christopher Columbus wasn't about discovering America. It was about killing Native people. It was about picking up 9 to 10-year-old girls to send back to Spain. Because the perverts back there wanted to practice their pedophilia against some brown little girls. So, I mean, you, you can look this stuff up. Was Columbus involved in the, in the sex slave trade? Yes, he was. Who, what, what was the first slave ship to cross the Atlantic? It's the one that Columbus brought slaves back to, to Spain on. It wasn't Africans coming this way. I mean, just ask the questions, do the research. And don't let schools teach your kids bullshit. And, and if your kids are taught this bullshit, then you've got to take the, take the time to correct it and tell them the truth. We have to tell them the truth. And the, the sad part is, nobody's going to tell the little white kids the truth. We're going to tell our kids the truth. Black parents are going to tell their kids the truth. And in the meantime, white kids are going to be eating all this crap up because that's what their white teacher taught them. I was listening to another program on NPR and they were talking about how a little black kid was, was being taught about Rosa Parks. And they said, well, what, what, you know, the reason that Rosa Parks refused to move is because she was an older woman and she was tired. And she didn't want to give up the seat in the front of the... No, she wasn't an older woman. She wasn't tired. She was protesting. She came from a very aggressive family who was tired of being pushed around. She wasn't tired. She was tired of racism. She wasn't tired of working her shift. But see, they want to twist the story around and make it sound like she was like, what, an accidental activist? Look... <laughs> I get frustrated because 
I don't think my generation, as active as we were, I don't think we did enough. I've got kids. I've got grandkids. Don't have great grandkids yet. And I know that I don't have that much fight left in me. I mean, I'll stand up when I can, where I can. But my best days for toppling a Columbus statue are behind me. My best days for standing up to police abuse and violence are behind me now. So am I going to condemn young people who are willing to stand up? Hell no. Of course I'm not going to condemn them. I'm going to support them. And you know what? I'm going to support them for their bravery, for their human sacrifice in stepping up to a battle that is bigger than them. And you know, and it's not even just black people and brown people that are doing this. There are white people who are stepping up with us. Finally. Finally, we have the white allies. Look at that Columbus statue this weekend. There were a lot of white people there. And you know what? And there were, there were some Native people there who were somewhat offended by it almost. I don't want white people speaking for me, but I, it, would damn, it would be damn sure nice to be, see some white privilege used to end some white privilege. Because let me, let me be clear here. I'm not going to stop racism. Black people are not going to stop racism. Native people are not going to stop racism because we aren't the racists. Well, <laughs> I say that. We can participate with the racists as policemen or firemen or politicians or in the business community, the affluent you know, 1% if we make it there. But the white people are the racists. And I know I get people pissed off when I say this, but... Racism is based on white supremacy. If you're black, you can't be a white supremacist. Now, you can support white supremacy by being a police officer and keeping your mouth shut every time they beat the crap out of a black man, which is a problem. But I can't be a white supremacist. I can be complicit in white supremacy, but that's all any of us. You know, if you're black, brown, red, whatever you, color you consider yourself, you, even if you can pass for white, that only goes so far. At the end of the day, white people are the ones who have to end racism because the system is the system that they built. So when I hear Killer Mike say, oh, vote for a new district attorney, a new prosecutor, It's not who's in the position. It's the position. It's the system that is flawed. It doesn't matter if you put a black police chief in. If he doesn't have the power to change the system or the will to change the system, and they don't because a police chief is just the highest ranking cop. He doesn't build the police department. And if you're a black mayor like Byron Brown, and you're going to stand behind your police no, no matter what they do, you're part of the problem. It doesn't matter that you're black. You're still supporting white supremacy. You may not be a white supremacist because you're not white, but you're supporting white supremacy. And, you know, and don't give me this crap about Italian people not being white or Portuguese not being white. European countries that, that were involved with co colonialism and are still involved in colonialism... They still speak Portuguese in, um, in Brazil, by the way. I mean, this was all about white supremacy. European slash white supremacy. 
Look, I know there are people who have <laughs> some darker skin who, you know, maybe had to, you know, fight it out a little bit with uh, with other white supremacists. Although Irish people are as white as they get, and they and they were treated like crap by uh, by you know by other white people for a while until they filled all the ranks of the police departments in places like Chicago and New York City, and then they got to play the racist above everybody else, which is exactly what happened. Uh, look, all I can say is that if you don't want to fight, then don't fight. But don't get in the way of those of us who do. Don't tell us to stop. Don't, I mean, like, like I said, the quote from King is that riot is the language of the unheard. That's a Martin Luther, don't throw Martin Luther King at me if you're not going to listen to all his words. Just the, just the peaceful, nice ones. I'm not asking people, you know, to open fire, you know, indiscriminately against, you know, anybody who challenges your protest. I'm not saying that. But you know what? If a car that runs through your, uh, through, through your protest gets destroyed, so be it. If your community has been so gentrified that every business there is owned by somebody who is not of your neighborhood, then they aren't neighborhood businesses. They aren't your house. And if it makes you angry because of gentrification and how much, how many black businesses, look, in New York City, every convenience store on the corner is not a mom and pop shop, not anymore. They may be, they're, they're owned by big real estate companies. I mean, most of these things are, you know, are they franchised out or they're, they're stamped out and, and they are not community run. Look, it'd be great to return to that. It would be great, I mean, at least on, here I live on, on the Cattaraugus Territory of Seneca Nation. I know who owns the store that I go to here. And, but once you get off territory, everything's a franchise. Almost everything is a franchise. And you may they you may have some level of private ownership, but black people don't own Walmart and Target. Native people don't own these stores. So if they get if I get pissed off at them, I don't need to defend Walmart or Target. Hell, they've got all the resources that all the most the wealthiest white people have to defend them. I mean, I remember when Occupy Wall Street was going on. Damn, you, you would, I mean, it, it was insane looking at the level of police protection to protect the, the wealthiest people in, in, the, in the country and the means for them to have that wealth. If you're a person of color, if you're black or brown or native and you aren't willing to sacrifice your body, to fight for a cause. And I don't mean sacrifice your life. I mean realizing that, you, that in order to fight for something, you have to put yourself in harm's way. If you're not willing to do that, that's okay. Not everybody has the, the same build, has the same you know, capacity to, to resist. But don't tell others not to. If you don't have the courage or the strength 
or the conviction, don't try to stop others. Do what you do. If it's kneeling up by your bed and praying, if that's all you do, then do it. And be happy that that's what you're doing. If campaigning for some you know, politician is your way of fixing the problem, then do that. But don't condemn other people. And don't, don't throw other people under a bus. So Killer Mike, don't tell people to vote for a new freaking district attorney. And, you know, and, and if you're an affluent black person on the radio, if you can't appreciate the, the level of anger and frustration that somebody who hasn't made it the way you have, and, and why didn't they make it the way, that you, the way you did? Trust me, you probably had a lot of white help along the way. And, and that's not a terrible thing. Because, frankly, we could all use a little of it. And it's the only way we're going to end racism. I know we're not going to get the Washington football team to change its name until enough white people are finally ashamed of it. Because it doesn't matter how many native people are, are ashamed of it. It doesn't matter how much we say it's wrong. Until white people agree, it ain't going to change. I will say it would help if a few black people would line up with us on that one too, by the way. But you know what? One of the way to, ways to affect change is to make it cost them. So, if a few businesses suffer, a few multinational businesses suffer, so be it. I'm not telling people to go burn buildings down. <laughs> but I, I got to ask the question, why not? Look, if a black man is killed out in front of a Wendy's, Am I heartbroken that a Wendy's got burned down? No, I'm not. Do I think the Bernie of the Wendy's helps? I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe city leaders, the ones who have some responsibility over these police departments, need to understand the passion that's behind our anger. All of our anger. Not just people in Atlanta, but people all over. Look, I was disgusted to see city after city after city unleash militarized police against relatively peaceful protesters. And they were. I didn't see a single police department that was involved in stopping a riot. That stopped somebody. I, I take it back. I did see one where some policemen stopped some burning cardboard that was near a, you know, a, a street post, you know, some sort of lamp post or something like that. I saw the cops put out a fire of cardboard. Like the cardboard was was somebody's personal property. But I didn't see any... In fact, the crazy part is, if you're there to protect property, then why are you pushing people off the streets onto the sidewalks where the property is? Why aren't the police lined up along the sidewalks protecting the windows that they're so concerned about? The storefronts. And they weren't. What they were doing was they were beating people. They were abusing people. They were asserting their power. Their, their, and their free reign to inflict bodily harm on people. Whether it was shooting people in the face with rubber bullets. Or pepper spray or pepper balls or whatever the hell they were using. Batons, clubs, whatever they were doing. They were demonstrating 
their ability and frankly their right to inflict violence against people and i didn't hear bill de blasio go after the 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 nypd and i damn sure didn't hear andrew cuomo going after the nypd yeah it's great to make these general platitudes about you know how wrong it is when an unarmed black person gets killed by police but you don't do a goddamn thing about it you say it and just give lip service to the issue of course it continues. You're part of what continued it. Barack Obama was a part of what continued it. Because it isn't just you. It isn't the it isn't the governor. It isn't the mayor. It isn't the president. It isn't the police chief. It's the system that is flawed. And the systems continue to remain flawed until those systems are dismantled and replaced. In places where the police departments have been scaled back or or scaled themselves back, like after um, the Eric Garner um, killing, when when the NYPD said, "Well, we're just gonna we're just gonna coast," the crime rates didn't go up. The arrest rates might have gone uh, down because they just stopped doing what they said was their job. Well, maybe it's because your job sucks. And what you interpreted as your job was wrong. Stop and frisk. Targeting black people or people of color. We, and and, and again, I get back to the doll test. We have a tendency to believe that our own people are the worst people on the planet. That white people are better than us. We buy into that bullshit. That's why black cops do what, what white cops do. Because they believe that black people are more dangerous and more violent and more criminal than white people. Same thing on native territories. I guarantee some of the highest paid people associated with the Seneca Nation are white folks. Why? Well, because they're better. They're better than us. The consultants, the lawyers, the lobbyists, all the professional services. Oh, we won't put native people into those services or if we do they've got to be the whitest acting native people otherwise they don't count we buy into the white supremacy narrative we do and until we stop doing that we continue to feed it we we become at some level complicit and so complicit in this stuff and when you have gained enough celebrity and enough of a platform where you think that you can stand up and tell people oh no don't riot just carry banners. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You better be carrying plywood placards, something that can stop a, stop a rubber bullet. That's what you better be carrying. And you know what? If you got to hit somebody with it, hit somebody with it. I'm not going to tell people to stop. Nobody should be telling people to stop. I guess that's the police job. I want to thank my sponsors, uh, ERW, Eric White and ERW Enterprises. I want to thank uh, Ross and Holly John and uh, the RJ family of businesses. And I want to thank Grand River Enterprises and Native Wholesale Supply for supporting this show and sponsoring us. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.